Thank you, Melody and Bree, for that lovely inspiration. And Happy New Year to all of you. Happy New Year. I'm telling you, it's going to be a good year. I hope that as, as you were undecorating, I, we were undecorating our church up at Winter Haven in this past few days, and I was thinking about the Christmas lights. I had a man that pulled me aside after Christmas one year, and he said, you know what my favorite Christmas lights are? Honestly, he said, they're the tail lights of my children leaving the driveway. <laughs> I hope that wasn't your experience. It, it wasn't mine. Just thought I'd bring it up. <laughs> Here we are at 2016. This is going to be a great year. I, I believe that the Lord is up to something phenomenal. He always is, but I believe 2016 is going to be a tremendous year in the Lord. I believe there's going to be a number of souls harvested. I believe there's going to be a lot of people brought into a deeper walk with Him. And I believe that Trinity is on the cusp of that as we seize the new building and, and occupy it and you begin to reach out into the community and fill any empty spaces that you have and beyond. You know, this ought to be the place where everybody talks about if you want to see what God is doing, go to Trinity. Amen. That ought to be your goal for 2016, and you're going to be the catalyst to allow that to happen. Well, I will be, in the third chapter of Philippians, I'll be talking about my life verse tonight, Philippians 3, 10, and 11. Today, I'll be in Philippians 3, 12 through 14, talking about transitions that we, each and every one of us, always have we face them we experience them we deal with them and we grow through them the apostle paul says not that i have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect but i press on to take hold of that for which christ jesus took hold of me brothers i do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it but one thing i do Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Our most gracious Father, we come before you today just grateful. Grateful for a year past, grateful for a new day that has dawned and a new year that has come upon us. Father, I just ask that you'll be with each and every one of us today that will be obedient, that will be open to your word, Lord Jesus. I ask permission to just step back in the, in the next few moments and allow you to step forward and proclaim what you desire for us to hear. Grant that we would have open hearts and minds to receive it. And then, Lord, I just pray that we'll have the strength to act on it, whatever that might be. Thank you, Father. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I like Charlie Brown and Lucy. I like Charles Schultz. What can I say? We've had a lot of him this past Christmas. And one of, their, uh, one of his cartoon strips shows Charlie Brown going to Lucy with her little counseling center, her booth, five cents. And he says, she says, what's the matter with you, Charlie Brown? He says, I'm just depressed. He said, I don't know. I, I'm not looking forward to the new year. And she said, well, let me look at you, Charlie Brown. She said, stand up, straight, put your shoulders back, 
Put your chest out. Put that chin out. She said, good grief, Charlie Brown. No wonder you look ridiculous. <laughs> Sometimes that's the way we feel when we face a new year, a new, obje- a new objective, uh, sometime a new challenge. And here we are in 2016 facing a brand new year. It'll be probably into June before some of us will be writing the right year on our checks, you know, and on our uh, documents. But here we are. You may have kept, made resolutions last year that you didn't keep. It reminds me of the guy I just read this past week that says, my goal for 2016 is to accomplish the goals of 2015, which I should have done in 2014, because I made a promise in 2013 and planned it in 2012. (laughs) Maybe that's you. Going to lose weight, going to get healthy, going to do all those things. But some of us are also facing 2016 with uh, just a little apprehension, if I might use the word. Some of us have had the loss of relationships, the... Uh, We've had experiences or crises that have come in the times past. These things come upon us oftentimes without a moment's notice. Reminds me of the story of a boat with a broken rudder that sent out a distress signal. And after it was answered by the Coast Guard, the Coast Guard responded, how many aboard? The response from the boat came back, three adults. The Coast Guard responded by saying, any children? To which the boat responded, right now, sir, we are all children. And I think that's the way we feel about a dawning task of seizing the new year in a way that would bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. Some of us have gotten complacent. Some of us have even gotten a little indifferent and apathetic about each new day. We wake up with the attitude, been there, done that, now what? You know? But the Apostle Paul had the right attitude, and this is what I want to leave us with today as we face 2016. For he finally got it. In his life, he got it. Look at verse 12. He says, Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect. I get it. I get it. He says, I'm not there yet. You've got to be patient to me, he told the church at Philippi and all the other churches and believers that would read this letter. Be patient with me because God's not through with me yet. I know I'm still growing in Him. I know I still have a ways to go. I'm still learning. I'm still developing. And He feels like the the clay in the potter's hand that's being molded to become all that that potter designed for that vessel to become. He knows that. He is not there yet. Nor are you, nor am I. Not that we've already obtained it yet. Not that we've already been made perfect. None of that has happened. No matter how old we are, I pray that we are still growing in the Lord. I pray that we are still learning, still developing, still discipling in Jesus Christ, that we're continuing to follow Him in faithfulness as He directs us. Wow. That would be an exciting 2016. Imagine a church body where everyone, became so committed to the Lordship of Jesus Christ that we didn't worry about any of the peripheral issues that are going on out there. We don't worry about the nightly news. We don't worry about any of these other things, but we focus in on what Jesus Christ is doing and that He has invited us into His activity. 
as Henry Blackaby says, and that we've been obedient enough to respond to him faithfully. Imagine what 2016 could be. Jesus knows what he wants each of us to become, like a parent, like a coach, uh, sometimes like a teacher, that we, he has in his mind as that master potter exactly what he wants us to look like, what he wants us to become. He created you. He created me with our own skill sets, our own abilities, our own likes and dislikes. And he's given us the Holy Spirit with our spiritual gifts. And so he knows what he wants us to do with our talents, our abilities, and our spiritual gifts. For his glory. For his glory. And Paul says, he's not finished with me. The the joy is in the journey. We're not home yet. And while we're part of the process, part of the pilgrimage, part of the travel, God is working through us. He's... The Apostle Paul said, I'm not, here because, I'm not there because I still don't understand fully God's perception and purpose for my life. But every day it just begins to be a little clearer, a little clearer. And a lot of us will find that our lives are 2020 vision only in retrospect. As we look back and we see lives that, have, that the Lord has touched through us or, or things that have transpired as a result of God's direct dealing through us. He desires to be glorified, folks. He desires to show His glory, and He desires to show it through us. Grant it, Lord Jesus, to those of us that are willing to allow you to work it. So he gets it. I'm not there yet, Paul says. Not that I've already obtained this. I haven't already been made perfect. But, he says, I press on to take hold That word for pressing on is that word in the Greek for a hunter, which is pursuing his game. And so he's pressing. He's he's searching. He's, He's on the trail. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ has taken hold of me. And then he says, brothers, I do not consider myself yet have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. Amen. Could we be one thing, people? in our lives, is there that one thing that you could focus on? Athletes become Hall of Famers because of that one pursuit we see in our own lives that if we become one thing people and filter out all the other clutter and all the other noise that that tends to entangle us, become one thing people. One of my favorite movies is a movie called City Slickers. Some of you are familiar with that. Some of you may like it or not. But it is an interesting movie with Jack Palance and then you've got uh, Billy Crystal in there. Palance and Crystal are riding slowly across the range on horseback, discussing life and love. Palance plays a wily cowpoke while Crystal is a tenderfoot from Los Angeles who has paid for a two-week dude ranch vacation. Of course, he gets more than he bargained for, and in the process, Crystal learns something more important about himself. Jack Palance says, Cowboy leads a different kind of life. When there were cowboys, they're a dying breed now. Still means something to me, though. 
In a couple of days, we'll move this herd across the river, drive them through the valley. Ah, there's nothing like bringing in the herd, he says. To which Billy Crystal says, you see, that's great. Your life makes sense to you. Palance laughs and Crystal says, what? What's so funny? Palance says, you city folk, you worry a lot, don't you? How old are you, 38? Crystal says, 39. Palance responds, yeah, you come all out here about the same age. Same problems. Spend 50 weeks a year getting knots in your rope. Then, then you think you take two weeks up here, we'll untie them for you. None of you get it. Do you know what the secret of life is? Billy Crystal says, no what? Palance holds up his finger. And Crystal says, your finger? He said, no, one thing. Just one thing. You stick to that and nothing else matters. Crystal says, that's great, but what's that one thing? Palin says, that's what you've got to figure out. So the Apostle Paul says, one thing I do. It's like he's writing with Jack Palance. I get it. I'm down to that one thing. One thing I do. David the psalmist in Psalms 27.4 says, One thing I ask of the Lord. This is what I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Jesus said to the rich man, You lack one thing. What is it? Find it, son. The blind man said, One thing I know, I was blind, but now I see. Jesus said to Martha, she has the right thing, the one thing. You are so concerned about so many things, be concerned about one thing. What's that one thing? This is one thing I do, the Apostle Paul says. Forgetting what is behind. There it is. Leave the past behind you. All of the good successes, all of your triumphs, all of your accolades, your trophies, your ribbons, your certificates of appreciation, all of those things. Forget all of that. You learn from it. You embrace it. It's part of your life, but you move on, forgetting what lies behind you. Don't rest on your laurels. Paul could have done that easily. Don't rest on your laurels. There's there's more things that's going to happen that are great in front of you. Just can't wait to see what the Lord is up to. And then also forget the mistakes and the blunders and the errors and and the sins and the failures and all of those things. Isaiah 43, 18 through 19 says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing, God says. Luke 9, verse 62, Jesus replied, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service in the kingdom of God. Those of you farmers out there understand that very well. You know that when you're plowing straight furrows, you look at a guidepost or a stump or a tree or something to, in order to, to plow that straight furrow. It's when you start looking back that the tendency is to move that plow in a different direction. And so the furrow starts becoming unstraight. 
No man, having put his hand to the plow, looking back, is fit for service in the kingdom of heaven. And so we press forward, we press on, is what he says. Some years ago, in the conference of governors, there was a question that was raised for their discussion. The question was, what is the greatest thing in the world? One response was, the greatest thing in the world is that you can walk away from yesterday. Forgetting what lies behind. So here we are, three days into the new year. Let's take all of those accomplishments, all of those successes, everything, and move them off. Let's take all those failures and frustrations and sins and, and all of those things and put them in the past. They're done. Now we're fresh. Now we're, we're standing at the apex of a new year. In 1871, the fire of Chicago leveled a strip five miles long and one mile wide. One survivor, William D. Kerfoot, wrote, All lost except children, wife, and energy. End quote. So this is a new year. We forget the past and we focus on the future. See what he says? I press on. I strain toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I press on. I strain toward what is ahead. It is the image of an Olympic athlete. Have you seen them running the, the race? And every sinew, every muscle in their body is straining toward that finishing tape that they can outlast and outdo that competitor that's running with them. It's that image that, that we are, are literally investing every ounce of energy into the furtherance of the kingdom of God. Wow, what would 2016 look like if we made that commitment every morning? We press on. We press on. Henry Ward Beecher said, Every tomorrow has two handles. We can take hold of it with a handle of anxiety or the handle of faith. So which handle do you have? Anxiety or faith? The Bible says that without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Habakkuk 1.5 is my prayer for the nations, but it is also a prayer for here in this community and beyond. God told the people of Israel through Habakkuk, Look among the nations, observe, be astonished, wonder, for I am doing something in your day that you would not even believe, though you were told. God is up to something phenomenal. I've heard testimonies of people who literally have risked their lives to trust Jesus as their Lord and Savior. People who come out of communities where being a Christian means the end of their lives. People who have seen Jesus Christ and have embraced Him as their Lord and Savior. And I can see it in this community coming about this year as well. Jeremiah 33.3, God says, Call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. Press on. Take the, the ear, as Henry Ward Beecher says, every tomorrow has two handles. Take that handle of faith. A father in the Bahamas 
discovered his two-story home was engulfed in flames. He gathered his wife and several children together as they were escaping the flames. The smallest boy became terrified and ran back upstairs. Outside, his father shouted to him, Jump, son! Jump! I'll catch you! The boy cried, But daddy, I can't see you. To which the father responded, I know, but I can see you. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet clearly seen. And even though we can't always see His hand, we trust His heart. We trust His word. We trust Him completely, explicitly, implicitly. It's all His. Paul told young Timothy, 2 Timothy 4.8, In the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved His appearing. I press on, press on. Above all things, folks, press on. Press on when it doesn't seem convenient. Press on when it doesn't seem comfortable. Press on when it doesn't seem like the right thing to do perhaps because of the circumstances. Press on. What God has called us to do as believers in Jesus Christ is to press on. Press the issue and press on. Become one thing people by pressing on to the glory of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Press on. You may be here today. Maybe you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. I pray that you start out 2016 asking Jesus to come into your life to just ask him to take your sins and wash them away forgive them and then come and present yourself to him maybe you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior but but uh, you're looking for an opportunity for this time of rededication start off 2016 in a spirit of rededication where you are here at the altar I'll pray with you about either of those prayers during this invitation. Maybe there are some of you, we've already talked to some people this morning who have said that they're visiting from another state or they're just moved here from another community and you're looking for a church home. This is where the Lord is calling you to serve. This is where you need to be serving. Notice I said serving. We have a place for you. So you come as the Lord Jesus Christ so directs during this time of invitation. Let's pray. Our most gracious Father, we just praise you for who you are and we thank you for this time together. We thank you for this opportunity to serve you in whatever way we possibly can. Thank you, Lord, for these decisions that are being made even now. Thank you for those that will make these decisions and for the evidence of these decisions that will become apparent in the days yet to come. Be with us, Lord Jesus. May we honor and glorify you above all things and thank you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing the hymn of invitation and I'll be here at the front to pray with you about any decision that you have.